so one of the things that um, I like to share with people for each of the classes is that the secret, uh, the law of attraction, that movie covers just one aspect of the law of attraction. What we think, how we feel, our actions that we take, that's one third of our law of attraction. But there's also the soul piece, the spiritual aspect um, that we call karma or dharma. So we're releasing, you know, some old patterns, some old programs that we've created either in this lifetime or past lifetimes. So there's that soul piece. So people that meditate, that do the spiritual work, they're increasing their law of attraction on the soul level. And you combine it then with what we do on the human level, the actions, thoughts, um, emotions, you know, it, it, everything affects one third and it increases or you start aligning with things easier. So the piece that is really important that I bring out with the dowsing is understanding the effects of the environmental law of attraction, of how shifting the energy in your home or on your land, it changes the vibration, it uplifts the, the frequency, and this also affects people's law of attraction by one-third. You're listening to Adventures in Dowsing, podcast number 57, with me, Graham Gardner. Thanks for joining us. So, a few months ago, I received an email from Annette Rugolo, uh, who said she had been enjoying the podcast and would uh, like to do an interview. Now, Annette is a dowser uh, who's based in Minneapolis, and she's a practitioner of a system called Diamond Dowsing. Now, I hadn't come across this particular system before, so on doing some research, I discovered that it was created by Marie Diamond, who's a European dowser and feng shui consultant, uh, and Marie has appeared in the film The Secret. Well, I thought this sounds like it might be an interesting podcast, so I managed to uh, get in touch with Annette, and after a while we managed to get our schedules to coincide enough for me to do an interview with her on Skype. Annette Rugolo, uh, welcome to Adventures in Dowsing. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. I'm so glad you reached out to me. Um, it's always nice to get somebody from across the pond to be on the podcast. You're in uh, Minneapolis, is it? Yes, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Aha, uh -huh. okay. So um, I'm very keen to know about your uh, dowsing career, because uh, just looking at your website, it seems you do things a little bit differently to what the listeners, um, certainly myself, are maybe used to. So um, tell us how you got into dowsing and you know how it's uh, affected your life. Um, so I got into dowsing in 2005. I've been uh, working with the person who created the method, I would say. Uh, it's called Diamond Dowsing. And the person who created the method is Marie Diamond. So she's originally from Belgium. Uh, she lives in Europe currently. And uh, so she grew up with dowsers and... Um, learned how to douse. She had a lot of the background knowledge about ley lines and the energies and geopathic stress. Marie came to the United States, and that's how I met her. Um, I ended up uh, meeting her actually in 2001. She te also teaches a meditation uh, class, a method. Um, so she she's created three methods: uh, Diamond Feng Shui, Diamond Dowsing, and Inner Diamond. So her name mm -hmm. is Marie 
Peach Diamond. <laughs> um, so I was already teaching the meditation classes, and then she brought in the dowsing class in 2005, took the class, and it blew me away. Uh, I've been one of these people that I was always aware of energy in a space, like a lot of the people that I'm sure your listeners and the people that you work with and a lot of the people that I work with now, it's like we we walk into a space and you can feel the energy if it feels wonderful or if it feels off. Um, so I was always one of these people that was aware of this energy, but I didn't know where it came from and I didn't know what to do in sure. order to shift it or to clear it. Um, so the, the class that I took was just um, a huge piece of the puzzle for me, uh, working with energy and understanding the sources of the energy in our environments that create low energy or low vibration or energy created by emotions. And, you know, I, I remember walking into rooms where I could feel that somebody just had a fight. I could feel the energy of anger. Um, so to be able to find it with the dowsing rods, ask the questions, but also to clear it was uh, huge for me. It totally changed my life. Yeah, this is so like my own story, uh, and I'm sure many Taoists have a similar sort of introduction. Uh, you've always been aware of energies in a space and energies around people, and it's not till you discover the dowsing rods, you know, oh yeah, that's what this is about, you know, <laughs> I can detect these things. Yes. And, you know, I always like going into uh, stone circles and ancient spaces like that, uh, and then having the dowsing really like opened up a door for this is what you do with these things, you know. So it's a, it's a wonderful tool. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen it. A lot of people that end up finding this information, they always, their words consistently are, this is the piece of the puzzle that I needed to have. Yeah. Um, and it, it's such a wonderful gift to give to people and to show them that, yes, this is this energy. We can't see it, but... You know, it it's there and it's real, and here's how to find it. <laughs> well, it's it's a natural ability. You know, we can all do it if we just let ourselves believe that we can do it. Exactly. I, I'm exactly. Al I'm always amazed at how uh, open children are to doing this. You know, children are just natural dozers. Oh my gosh! And I love doing that when I, I douse people's homes and they do have young children. The the kids always say, "Oh, can I try? Can I try?" And I give them my dowsing rods and, you know, tell them to ask a question. It works instantly. Like there's there's no resistance. Um, they, it's a natural ability. Yeah, yeah. So we just have to help people uh, connect in with their natural ability. <laughs> so tell me a bit more about Marie Diamond. So, so you've been doing some of her other stuff before you did her dowsing courses? Yes, Um so I met her in 2001. Mm -hmm. uh, she was here in the United States for 10 years um, on a 10-year visa. So she lived in California. Uh, one of her teachers came to, I lived in Fargo, North Dakota at the time, a place where you never think you'd meet somebody like Marie Diamond. Um, but one of her teachers um, came to Fargo. She knew some people and taught the Inner Diamond class. Um, so 
I, I took that class and became one of the teachers. So every method that Marie has created uh, uses uh, light frequencies, color frequencies. So there's 24 of them that uh, create balance and wholeness in the universe. So the inner diamond activates these within our own energy field, and it creates balance, connection. It helps people reconnect with higher vibration, with fourth and fifth dimensional energies. So there's that, that's called the inner diamond. So I was teaching that already for five years before she brought in the dowsing. And so what makes her methods unique is she has connected these color frequencies, these light frequencies, into the cures for the dowsing and into um, her feng shui. And it's about accessing these frequencies and bringing them into the environment. Um, so, for instance, we have a, uh, going back to the dowsing, um, there's a cure for geopathic stress lines. So once a geopathic stress line is found, there's a copper cure, but it's activated with royal blue frequency. So as we're placing that cure to cure the geopathic stress line, we're activating or bringing in a fifth dimensional vibration into the space that filters out uh, negative energy in that space. Okay. Um, so one of the things that keeps happening when I go into people's homes to douse, uh, people see energy, they're aware of energy. So one place, um, I do the geopathic stress in the yard. In this one house I doused, uh, this is a few years ago now, um, she had a open house or a party the next day, and one of her friends could see energy. So she's looking out a window, looking at her backyard, and saying, um, Michelle, do you know you have three huge blue angels protecting your yard? And she saw exactly where these cures were placed that brought in these this royal blue frequency that is the frequency of protection. So people feel it or they see it, um, and that's what makes the diamond dowsing, I think, a unique method and um in the dowsing world. Yeah, it's certainly different to um, how most British dowsers work, uh, and even most European dowsers, although I'm wondering if it does kind of come from that uh, French radiesthesia background where they're working with different frequencies. Yeah, yeah. So you you work with geopathic stress. Yeah. Correct. Um, so what does... Um, what do you do with that? Like once you find it, uh, what I'm always curious to see what other dowsers do um, and how they cure things. Well, I think in Britain, we tend to have a more um, kind of shamanic approach to things. So we're just using our intent to, to shift the lines. Um, uh, I tend to do uh, a bit of earth acupuncture with metal rods or sometimes copper rods or sometimes a standing stone, you know, depending on the situation. Uh, but normally it's, it's, uh, it's an intentional shamanic um, uh, operation to, to heal the, the line. Okay. Oh, wonderful. So can I, can I ask you a few questions? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how did, now you started at a young age. Um, did, did you receive training? I'm always curious, like, 
how things happen in other parts of the world. Oh, yeah. Well, we've done uh, plenty of previous podcasts about me. So. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I taught um, myself having... Uh, I'll give you the short version. Uh, I taught myself having read a book by Tom Graves called Needles of Stone. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and that got me interested. And then I didn't do much with it for about 20 years or so. And it was only uh, in 1999 when I met some of the dowsers here, uh, including Sig Lonergan, who's a well-known American dowser, uh, Patrick McManaway, and lots of people from the British dowsers. I thought, oh, right, okay, this is why I'm interested in all this earth energy stuff, and this is what I can do with it. Um, so then I joined the BSD, and after a couple of years, I became a trustee, and five years after that, I became president, and I had some um, six years as president. Wow. That's amazing. Um, wonderful. So is it, um, the dowsing is pretty vibrant then in Scotland? Is, are people open to it? Um, as much as anywhere else, I guess, you know, I think it has its ups and downs. I mean, I know Patrick, one of my teachers, says it's very linked to the economy, and the economy is quite depressed at the moment. So, uh, you know, dowsing and, and ge geomancy jobs tend to be a bit thin on the ground. So uh, when, how long have you been doing this professionally? Was, was it a conscious decision to move into this? Yes, um, very conscious. Okay. Um, so I became certified, mm -hmm. um, certified dowser through Marie's system um, in 2006, almost 2007, um, and started teaching. So I've been teaching the dowsing, the diamond dowsing classes since then, and going into and doing a lot of consultations whenever it comes up. And I, I started in North Dakota. So North Dakota um, population of that state is, I think, about 600,000. So it wasn't a well-populated place to bring this in. But it was interesting when I started talking about dowsing in that area, there's, um, there's a lot of farm communities in North Dakota. So a lot of people related the dowsing to um, people that would come out on the farms and do something called water witching. Sure. Finding the underground wells. So it's like there was this um, sense of, oh, I know, I know what that is. Or, sure, you can find things that you cannot see. So to move them over into from underground wells to energy in their spaces, it, was, uh, it wasn't a huge leap for them. And um, since then, it's it's interesting. There's a lot more dowsers. There's a lot more talk about this this work. So I find people, uh, what, 13 years later, are a lot more open than they were even in 2006. Um, so I think it's a, a shift in consciousness as well. Of oh, of course, there's energy and that affects us either negatively or positively. Sure. Yeah. So it's a nice, it's a nice shift. It's a nice transition. Yeah, I think um, attitudes are certainly becoming more open towards this sort of stuff. Um, you do see a lot more, especially on social media. You know, you see a lot more people talking about it. I guess. Yes, and I think the young kids that are coming in, um, a lot of the people that find me are, they find me because they want to help their children. Mm -hmm. So their children are even more aware, I think, than I was when I was growing up. And it's like they're, they're looking at solutions 
and they may not believe that this works, but it's almost like a last resort sometimes. It's like, well, I'll try anything to help my child. Yeah. I get quite a lot of um, referrals from uh, like a vibrational homeopath friend um, who will test for geopathic stress. Do you have any uh, relationships like that? Um, I have somebody who's a naturopath. Mm-hmm. So she, and I can't remember the name of her device, but it's a computer where it, it was so interesting because it actually added a program that detects geopathic stress in a person's energy field. Yeah. Yeah. My chap has a similar program. Has it? Yeah. Oh, I, I was amazed. Yeah. So when it picks it up, it's kind of like, well, you're either sleeping or working in geopathic stress you might want to get your space doused. So I, I do get referrals um, from her. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's starting It's starting to show up in different places, different areas. Yeah, and it's, it's great when your client goes back to the naturopath and, uh, you know, they can say if your work has been successful or not. So, exactly. So it's good feedback. It's so do you, do you prefer to uh, go out on site and go and visit the, the property in question? Um, I like to. I do some of that. Um, most of my work is actually distance dowsing. Mm-hmm. So I um, map dowsing. So I ask for a map, um, send them the cures, walk them through the placement and everything. But um, I have, um, because I've been teaching in this area for so long, I have a lot of other dowsers out there. Um, so I, I do get physical properties to douse, uh, but most of mine is distance dousing. Yeah. Uh, do you find distance dousing to be as effective? It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that always, and I've gotten uh, over the years, of course, you kind of fine tune and hone your skills a little bit more, but um, it's always amazing. I, I love working with people that are energetically aware so as they're placing the cures, they can actually feel the shift of energy and new prana coming in. The space looks lighter for them. So it's wonderful confirmation on the other end to go, oh, yeah, I felt that. Or, yep, that uh, took care of, you know, they're actually feeling this energy. Yeah. So yeah. when you put the cures down, it's like, yep, that's took care of that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So how, how do you pick the cures and the colors? Uh, can you explain that a bit more, please? Um, so the cures are, they're actually copper-covered steel. Uh-huh. Uh, so the copper is an element that holds intention. Um, so the first thing, it's an 18-inch uh, copper-coated steel uh, cure or stick. And it's activated, we activate it with the intention of curing whatever line we're, we're curing. So there's geopathic stress, there's interference lines from EMF, there's negative Hartman-Curry lines. So when Marie created this program, she tuned in. Um, she's an enlightened master who's been working with lots of different energy through her whole life. Uh, so she tuned in to see which of the 24 frequencies were needed for each of the cures. So, like, geopathic stress is activated with uh, royal blue. So that's that protection energy. And it 
uh, it acts like a filter. Again, that filters out negative energy. Um, call it like a firewall that we're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, the, EM, the EMF is activated with yellow frequency. So each, there's five different frequencies that we work with. Uh, the royal blue, the yellow, the ruby, the emerald green, and the violet. And each frequency has different characteristics or qualities that bring in that high frequency or that quality into a space. So for instance, like uh, negative vortexes, we use the violet frequency, which releases the negative energy of what whatever created that negative space. Um, so then each cure, there's a, a colored tip on the end, so you know how it's activated with the intention and with the color um, that you're using. So um, that's how she brought in the colors into the diamond system and how we use them. Yeah, I'm just intrigued about the um, uh, the color thing because that is quite a big thing in the sort of um, continental radiesthesia system. You know, and then you get into um, different frequencies and they use bovis units and stuff like that. So I know a lot of people who like working with these, and there's a lot of dowsing to find what frequencies uh, you need to apply in a particular situation. Um, ah. But it seems to me like the the diamond, uh, you know, she has a sort of set range of things because all that groundwork has been done. Is is that right? So you know what, right. like blue is for geopathic stress. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so she created, and part of why she created this method. Uh, there's a company here in Minneapolis called Learning Strategies that created a home study course. Um, this was back in 2006. So in the home study course, they get the manual, the dowsing rods, a bundle of cures. So she wanted to make sure that when they took her, this dowsing course and um, did this dowsing, that they didn't have, their, it took the guesswork out of it. Um, it's like she wanted to make sure they had positive results when they took this course. Um, so that's that's how the, the method was created. And it's um, it's worked very well for a lot of people. Um, so they don't. Yeah, there's no guesswork as far as what frequency is needed. It's like it's it's preset. Yeah, I think that's that seems to be the main difference. Um like the way uh, most British dowsers tend to work is, well, I'm speaking for myself here. Um, I'm a lot more improvisational. You know, I will, I will douse, um, whether I use a flower essence. Sometimes I use wooden, wooden, wooden wands just as a temporary thing. Sometimes I need a steel rod in the ground. You know, sometimes I need a copper pipe. Sometimes I need crystals. You know, and yeah. I, it's all doused at the time. Oh, that's fascinating. So, and not everybody can is at your level when they start dowsing, so that's, that's very interesting. So it works. It works for you beautifully. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's the main difference, really. It's not such a set system. Um, yeah. but I'm, I'm quite, I quite like this idea of the colors, though. Yeah. Well, I was going to say one of Marie's intentions, and that was part of the home study course and doing this or creating this method, is she wanted to see a dowser in every family. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't have to be a master dowser to do this work. She wanted it to be like anybody can be to do this and create a, a transformation in their environment 
So um, it, that feels like a big difference. Like the master dowsers can tune in and, and get all the difference, you know, different energies or frequencies and adjust. So she wanted to make it, yeah, available. I think more available for people. Yeah, and I, I think it's great to engage the the family with with the dowsing. Um, yeah. You know, I usually uh, will try and get the client to to doze where the the geopathic stress line is, just so they can feel it, so they know. You know. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe I'll do some muscle testing on it to show them the effect of it. Yes. Oh, that's what I do too. It's like here, this is this is how it weakens your body. This yeah. is what it's you, right? Yeah. Do you come across um, the the there's a lot of other sort of um, gadgets that people use over here, like uh, the Raditech or the Geomac. You know, various things like that. Do you come across any of those in your work? No, I haven't. Um, I I know other people. So Marie's a global teacher, so she is in Europe. So other people have sent me the information. I know about it, mm-hmm. but for the United States, it's it hasn't shown up here yet. Yeah, um, I think there are various ones. Uh, sometimes they they don't seem to work for a, a long period of time. Uh, sometimes there's no other alternative, like uh, in a you know a city apartment. Uh, often you have to use something like that, I guess. Right. So yeah, I, I'm not running across a lot of it. A lot of the dowsers that I've met over the years, they know how to find the energies. Um, they haven't figured out a lot of the cures. Yeah. So a lot of times they'll just move the people out of some stress lines or a negative vortex. And just basically say, don't sleep here. Um, so that's kind of their adjustments. And it, again, it works. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like to have people move. Well, that's, um, that's always your, your ultimate fallback is move the bed, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just move it over here. You're fine. <laughs> so uh, what's been uh, one of your most successful cases, would you say? Hmm. Well, so uh, I think that uh, because it's personal to me, um, one of the most successful was a situation with my grandson. Um, so after I learned how to douse, um, I was practicing. Um, um, my husband and I have six children and eight grandchildren. So I have lots of family members to practice on. Mm-hmm. So I doused my daughter's daughter's house. She was one of the first homes I doused. And it, um, what had happened in her situation, they moved into a new house uh, six months before I learned how to douse. Within a couple of days, my uh, grandson, who was four years old at the time, um, started having these terrible tantrums, like 20, 30 minutes, four or five times a day. She had no idea what was going on, so she started taking him to a medical doctor, child psychiatrist, psychologist. Everyone just said, I don't know what's wrong with him, but here's some medication. So she was really resisting uh, putting him on medication, but she was getting to the point she didn't have a choice. So um, went in, doused the house, found a negative vortex in Bradley's bedroom that he was sleeping in. And one of the things I've found since then is when children or anybody sleep in this negative energy field, um, there's a reaction there's depression, there's terrible nightmares. Uh, he happened to have these terrible tantrums. I found it, cured it, tantrums went away, like 
the next day is mm-hmm. done. Um, that, to me, that is what created my passion for doing and teaching this work. And the only question I thought of after I did this for my grandson was, how many other kids or people are living in this kind of energy, sleeping in this energy, and having some kind of reaction to it, a response to it, and it's the energy of the space. It's not them. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, it was like this huge light bulb went on, and it's like that, it's like it just activated my passion for doing this work. Yeah, it's great when you get such a positive result like that. Um, have you read the um, uh, Kathy Bachler's book, Earth Radiation? She's, no, um, she's Austrian, and she did a lot of research with hundreds of uh, schoolchildren, and resulting, uh, she found that the most um, unruly and disruptive schoolchildren in the classroom were sitting on lines uh, of geopathic stress or vortices in the room. And they instigated this uh, system where they would rotate the desks every couple of weeks so that pupils were moving around and not sat at the same place the whole time. Oh, my gosh. Okay, um, say her name again. Uh, Kathy Bechler. It's um, K-A-T-H-E-B-A-Umlaut-C-H-E-R, I think, L-E-R. Okay. Um, So I have a a daughter who teaches fourth grade. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, she's still in Fargo, but every year, if she does move classrooms, I do douse her classroom. And she's seen some very positive results, um, and she saw that exact thing. And I'm trying to get teachers to really understand the impact of energy in their classrooms so more teachers will have their classrooms doused for these kids. Yeah. But, oh, that's, um, okay, I will be picking up that book i didn't realize that was out there I'll, I'll email you a link if i can find it um might be out of print now i think john living still has some copies in um british columbia uh he may still have some copies on his website i'll see if i can find oh. a link that would be wonderful um a lot of times it's about education um it's so interesting so another story i'll share but we had somebody um a few years ago she took the dowsing, uh, the feng shui. Um, she took all of the methods of Marie's, and she was a substitute teacher in Denver, Colorado. So uh, when she had, she was in there for a few weeks, you know, longer periods of time, she would douse the classroom, like she'd cover maternity leaves and things like that. So she doused the classroom. She worked with the light frequencies. Um, it was just amazing, and these. Um, her classes always did better when she did this Mm. and other teachers would come into the classroom and say what did you do your kids are so calm they're you know better well behaved it's not like that takes care of all the situations or problems but there's a difference it creates so these other teachers would come in and she'd tell them what she did and one or two of them would say oh, come into my classroom, and could you do that to my classroom too? But the others are going, nope. Um, Even with seeing the difference, they still wouldn't connect the dots to say this this stuff works. Yeah. 
So it's it's always that you know, there's a percent of the, of the population that it, they see it, they get it. It's like, yep, I, I love this. Come and do my classroom. Yeah. Um, so one of my focuses, my intentions, uh, my visions is to uh, find schools, to douse an entire school for an entire population of children. Um, and I don't know what it's like in Scotland, but here a lot of times the schools are built on, I call it garbage land. Yeah. It's where nothing else, no one else wants it. No, it's, you know, they can't sell it. So let's put a school there. And it's like this, this these are not the places to put schools. Yeah, I did. Um, I did have one school job that I did with two colleagues. Uh, it was a new build, but again, it was on some we'd, we'd say a brownfield site. You know, it's, it's a site of previous use. Um, uh, and, and three of us did go into this new building when it was empty and just uh, you know made sure uh, everything was okay, checked it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'd love to get some more of that work because <laughs> it's so important with the children. It is, and especially these kids are so much more sensitive, aware of this energy. Mm. So I, I believe it's affecting them even more. And there's, um, yeah, there's so much of it. It's, they're on overload. Hi, I'm Dr. John Ward, Egyptologist and adventurer, and you're listening to the Adventures in Dowsing. Okay, we have a couple of news items. Uh, first of all, we've had a letter. Very exciting. Always nice to hear from the uh, listeners to the podcast. This comes from Melanie, who is in Southern Ireland, and she says, I blissfully stumbled upon your wonderful podcast recently and have possibly listened to every episode since then twice. I am a past BSD member who recently rejoined this Yule, and I'm really looking forward to getting more involved with the BSD once again. I love your podcasts. They are the highlight of my day, and living in the wild west of Ireland, they are my dowsing lifeline. So thank you very much for taking both the time and the effort to put out all the wonderful information that you do on each and every one of these fascinating topics. Dowsing is a thing over here, as you well know, but not that open still. We can even find a local water dowser in our golden pages, and people often use them to discover where to drill a new well but it is very rarely commented upon or recognised, which is a great shame. Our local herbalist built a labyrinth in her garden for her clients to use, and I must admit I am now hooked too. Brightest blessings from Ireland, and thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, thank you for writing to us, uh, Melanie, and that's really nice to hear that you enjoy the podcast. And uh, as I say, it's always nice to hear from listeners. If you do enjoy the podcast, please give it a good review on iTunes or whatever your podcast supplier of choice is. Uh, they all help with the Google search rankings. Uh, now, I also want to give a shout-out to Anne and Roy Proctor, who recently contacted me to ask if I could do something with their house healing research work. Um, Anne and Roy are well-known in the dowsing community, and their method of remote healing for houses is documented in their book, Healing Sick Houses. Now, about 20 years ago, they worked with a researcher at Cardiff University to conduct an extensive survey of their clients, and the results were published in a research paper and articles in the BSD journal Dowsing Today. And although these uh, results are available on their own website at proctordowsing.co.uk, they wanted to make it more widely available and to make sure it is preserved. 
So they asked me if I would host it on the um, archive website I've set up at britishdowsing.net, which I was only too happy to do for them. Uh, also now available on the britishdowsing.net website is an updated version of the BSD Earth Energies Group Glossary of Dowsing Terms, based on the online third edition of that that I created for the old BSD website. Uh, plus there's also the complete Earth Energies Group newsletter archive from 1996 to 2005, the first time the whole thing has been available online, and that's an absolute treasure trove of original research articles. And then, of course, there is the discussion forum, the rebirth of the old uh, BSD dowsing forum. That's all on there, so please go and have a look at it. Anyway, uh, let's get back to our discussion with Annette, shall we? Uh, what about um, any sort of psychic stuff, like, uh, you know, if you get trapped spirits, that kind of thing? Do you deal mm. with that? Yes. Um, I actually wrote a book last year. Well, I was giving um, you the feed line here, so... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so I wrote a book called Soul Whisperer, Releasing Lost Souls. And um, it was published last year. And uh, it's, uh, I want to say it's a quick read, but it's a fun little read. I really wanted to get people starting to open up to spirits, uh, entities, um, where they come from, why they're here, why they need our help to be released. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing that work since the beginning. Um, and that's a, the other thing that really grabbed me when I took the class. So um, it was a two-day dowsing class. And in the afternoon of the second day, um, she had us sit in a circle. Uh, we opened up a portal, held the energy. And I want to say, now, so this is in Fargo, North Dakota, um, over 200 spirits came in and were released in about 20, 25 minutes. Mm. And I'm sitting there just absolutely amazed um, about this whole process. And it's like, oh, it's that simple. It's that easy. Um, and that's the other passionate part of my work that I love to do is releasing these lost souls, these trapped spirits. Um, so in the United States, we have, uh, as you know, a history of Native Americans that were uh, massacred, um, killed, starved to death. Um, they brought in blankets with smallpox, so they died of illnesses. Um, so over the years, as I continue to do this work, I found myself being drawn or called into situations where there were um, native spirits that re that needed to be released, so it wasn't just one or two or three spirits. It was usually a group of them that either were massacred or uh, died in some kind of an experience together and got stuck here. So that's a, a big part of the work that I've been doing over the last few years. Yeah. One of the most interesting things I got called to do, this was after I moved to Minneapolis. Um, so this was probably four or five years ago now, but there was a, a school that was having all kinds of problems. And so I do, it's called, I do, I call it space clearing, but we're releasing whatever energy is in that space. So it turned out to be a group of buffalo souls that needed to be released. 
that was creating a really heavy, dense energy on the property of the school. And these kids were, were picking up on it. Um, so it was interesting. One of the, um, a young woman, so I always do this kind of work in groups. I have groups that either call me in to do the work or now after doing a lot of years of dowsing, I have a, a group that I call on for space clearing for these kinds of things. So this group that um, was doing this work with me, and it's in the northeast part of the city, there was a young woman, as we're talking about what we're going to be clearing, what she shared with the group was she had been having recurring dreams since she was like five or six years old, where she was with the buffaloes, and she was riding on like the head buffalo, and they would ride through these this field, they would get to a part of the field where it would be just gray and they would be walking into this field and it was just get darker and darker and grayer and grayer. Hmm. And they were just like, that's the energy that, um, so this was a group of Buffalo souls who needed to be released because they were slaughtered in, in that experience. So she was part of that space clearing and it was so interesting after we did, we opened up a portal. So I, I opened up portals to release them. And it's a basically a fourth dimensional portal that takes them into the fifth dimension or to wherever they need to go to continue their, um, their journey. Sure. So after the meditation, she's sharing with us what happened during this, this process. So she's riding the buffalo again. And, um, this, great white buffalo came, um, looked in her eyes, gave her a message. It's basically said it's time. And she's riding now, leading the buffalo herd into the portal. And what she's seeing is these green pastures and this lush green land. And the buffaloes, instead of going into the grayness, they went into this, this lush pasture. And then she was told, you know, basically, thank you for bringing us here, um, but you can't stay here. Of course, you know, that wasn't her time to leave. Yeah. She came out of the portal and joined the rest of the group. But on a soul level, that's that's what her soul was doing. Yeah, yeah. And it was such great confirmation for everybody in the group that was feeling the energy or seeing the energy release. It's like, yep, the Buffalo souls are, are home. They're, they're where they belong. And don't you find that when you're doing this work in a group, there is always some sort of confirmation that everybody can pick up on? Always. Yeah. Always. I was over uh, in teaching in Japan a few years ago, and uh, at the section of the day where I was doing spirit release um, theory, basically, um, I suddenly was aware that the atmosphere in the room had changed, and I had about 60 people there, and they were all starting to get quite restless, and you know, people were muttering, and I stopped the class, and I had to ask what's going on, and uh, was told um, somebody had, was seeing something, and I went, yes, I'm picking it up as well. Uh, okay, class, come around, practical demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I released about, uh, I think it was about 12 spirits there, 12 souls, and just uh -huh. afterwards, the organizer told me that the building we were in uh, had been rebuilt following a gas explosion about 30 years ago in which 40 people died. But, oh, my gosh. 
I thought, okay, thanks for telling me. <laughs> and see, that's the kind of thing I like. It's like you do the work and then you you find out yeah. the confirmation or it confirms it for you afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, well, one of the things, as I talk about in the book, is about spirit communication. So it's so interesting. It's like I always I visualize it like once we know how to do this work, we get some kind of badge or something is in our energy field that lets other spirits know, oh, they know how to release me. So yeah. they they show up. And that it's, it's from what you were saying, it's like, yeah, he knows how to release me. Um, I'm, I'm here. We are. We're ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, sometimes it can be a little inappropriate. You just have to say, um, yeah. not now. You know, come come back later. <laughs> Well, the first time, so after I um, got certified to teach the dowsing, I went back into the same space where I learned the dowsing and we released these, you know, few hundred spirits. So I'm, you know, so I'm learning some things along the way. So I'm starting to teach the dowsing class and planning on opening up a portal and teaching them how to open up a portal at the end of the second day. And by 1030 in the morning, the room and the halls were filled with spirits and nobody was able to get their dowsing rods to work. It was just, we were, they were already in the space. Hmm. So one of the things I had to learn was communicate with them and say, stay outside of this space until four o'clock on Sunday afternoon or, you know, till Sunday afternoon. And since then I've learned that, I can, we can communicate with spirits and tell them what we want to do, yeah. want them to, right? So that was my first experience of, so I had to op- teach them how to open up a portal before I taught them how to douse. <laughs> <laughs> and at the deep end. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a good learning experience. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've, I once had to, uh, there was a, a castle I was staying in with uh, three other people. Uh, two of them were sharing a room and uh, couldn't get to sleep because they were getting spooked by a presence in the room. Oh. And I went in and doused and uh, found this uh, this grey lady. And she didn't want to go because she was a guardian of the castle. Um, I oh. said, okay, well, would you mind just you know moving into some other room for the duration of our stay and then you can come back? And she went, yeah, no problem. And off she went. And the guy said, oh, yeah, feels much better now. Um, and after we left the castle, I looked up the history, and sure enough, they had this grey lady ghost in that particular room, which I didn't oh. know about. So oh. you always get these little confirmations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. What else am I going to ask you? Uh, do you have a favorite dowsing tool that you use? A favorite dowsing tool? Yeah, like a pendulum or L-rods or... Oh, um, I do the L-rods. Mm-hmm. So they're they're 100% brass, um, and they have a sleeve, so the rod itself is free moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my preference. Um, I did try the pendulum when I first got going. Um, the dowsing rod seems to give me. I can ask it more questions, and I think because. I trained on it. It's it, it's kind of like you make a connection with it. Um, but I can ask energy levels. Uh, so um, it, 
feels like I can get more information faster from my L rods. And I, I know other people use pendulums. I think it's kind of what whatever one you start on and you have that a greater connection to. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some, some people do seem to have more of an affinity with one or the other. Um, I mean, I'm happy using both. I, I find the pendulum is quicker for asking questions. Um, mm. but the Elrod is oh. better for, you know, uh, finding stuff in the field. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. My favorite tool is the, uh, the camera and aura meter. Don't know if you've come across that. No, I haven't. So what is that? Uh, that was de- uh, developed by Vern Cameron, who was a well-known American dowser. Um, and it's kind of a combination. It, it does a, um, uh, Elrod, Bobber. You can use it as a pendulum. You know, I, I say it's like the Swiss Army knife of dowsing tools because it just does anything and it's very sensitive. Is that the one that it kind of bobs or bounces? Yeah, it has a spring uh, in it and it's, it's sort of... Um, Hard to describe. There's a weight at the end, and then there's a wire with a spring, and then the handle, and I can move side to side and up and down, and round and round, okay. all sorts. So I've seen that. Um, I met somebody who was using that with mm-hmm. great effectiveness. I didn't know what it was called, um, but yeah, they're they're here in the United States. Yeah, obviously he's American. It's got to be here. <laughs> yeah, we have to ship them over from the states. Yeah, so it's quite expensive over here, but but it's a great tool. Oh, okay. So what does that do that the L-Rods don't do? Uh, what is good at doing is, um, well, it's actually it's better in windy conditions because it's not as affected by the wind. Uh, um, yeah. It's faster to react than an L-Rod. And it kind of, um, it will stick to the edge of an energy field, if you know what I mean. So you can follow the edge of an energy field very quickly with it. Oh, that's fascinating. It's sort of almost like it pushes against it. Yes, yeah. Oh, I can see it. Um, yeah. Um, hmm. I'll have to definitely check that out. That's fascinating. Mm, yeah, I would recommend one. So. Yeah, definitely nice to know about new tools. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what else can we talk about? Um, I'm trying to think what else. So one of the things um, that I, and this is from, again, Marie Diamond's information, um I really like to help people understand and all of the class, both classes I teach, either the meditation or the dowsing, about the three levels of the law of attraction. So Marie Diamond was in the movie The Secret. And at the time, I started doing some work with her uh, customer service. So the movie The Secret is about the law of attraction. And so a lot of people were looking at it, watching it, using the, the tools, you know, things that were talked about. And then after a while, because Marie was in the movie, um, some of her clients would, or customers would call in and say, I'm uh, doing everything the movie says, I'm using the law of attraction, and it's not working. And it's like, what's going on? So one of the things that... Um, I like to share with people for each of the classes is that the secret, uh, the law of attraction, that movie covers just one aspect of the law of attraction. What we think, how we feel, our actions that we take, that's one third of our law of attraction. But there's also the soul piece, the spiritual aspect um, that we call karma or dharma. So we're releasing 
you know, some old patterns, some old programs that we've created either in this lifetime or past lifetimes. So there's that soul piece. So people that meditate, that do the spiritual work, they're increasing their law of attraction on the soul level. And you combine it then with what we do on the human level, the actions, thoughts, um, emotions, you know, it, it, everything affects one third and it increases or you start aligning with things easier. So the piece that is really important that I bring out with the dowsing is understanding the effects of the environmental law of attraction of how shifting the energy in your home or on your land, it changes the vibration, it uplifts the, the frequency, and this also affects people's law of attraction by one-third. So a lot of the people, the people that I really like to work with, are people that are out there wanting to make a difference, they have businesses, they're, they've done all the other, all the stuff. But it's like something, it's almost like they uh, describe it as they're hitting a wall and they can't get through something that is they feel is stopping them. So when I go into their offices or to their homes, it's the energy of their homes that's actually creating that stuck energy. It's like moving, trying to move through something that they don't, they can't shift until they have the dowsing done. So when we align the spiritual, the human, the environmental, it's like it um, it opens up possibilities for us that we we didn't have access to before. We couldn't expand our energy field into something bigger. So that is um, to me, it's like this is a part of the education that I like to do. It's like it's your environment. It's a piece that people are now starting to be aware of or to understand that, oh, yeah, it's the energy of my home or the energy of my office. Yeah. Um, so Marie Diamond is in that movie, and she's, I would say, she's the only one that really talks about the environment because she has somebody that she's um, working with in the, the movie that it's it's more on the feng shui it wasn't the dowsing level so she was helping somebody feng shui's house and changing what he was attracting in his relationships so it was uh it was an interesting piece so that's what she became known for yeah well i mean feng shui is kind of related in a way isn't it i mean i do oh. a lot of instinctual sort of feng shui stuff as part of a consultation so there was um one of the first classes I taught was in Fairfield, Iowa, and it was um, the person that brought me in was a feng shui practitioner. So after she took the dowsing class, one of the phrases that she came up with was, feng shui in a house without the dowsing is like ironing a dirty dress. <laughs> I like that. I I thought that was so appropriate for it's like, yes, that's exactly. So the dowsing to me is foundational and yeah. everything else you do is enhanced and supported by just clearing the negative energy out of your space. Yeah, there's certainly a big crossover. Um, and I know over here in the last few years, uh, a lot of people who have come to it from feng shui I've come and done uh, dowsing courses for house clearing. 
So oh. yeah, so it's, yeah. A, it's a nice crossover, I think. It is. Well, and like with feng shui, you could put somebody in one of their good directions or, you know, it's good on the feng shui level. But if you put them in a negative vortex or, you know, where they're sleeping in two or three geopathic stress lines, it's not, it's going to delete the the good. Yeah, totally. They won't have a positive experience. Yeah. So uh, it, it just, I, I believe it works hand in hand. How do you deal with um, sort of what I would call technopathic stress, like EMF issues, uh, you know, like the Wi-Fi um, cell phones, especially with like 5G coming in now? I know. So uh, a, a couple different things. Uh, one is we have a cure um, that takes care of a lot of the, I'd say, the minimal stuff. Um if we see where it's coming in and we cure it with the, the cure that's activated with the yellow frequency and that takes care of it reduces it a lot um, but there are areas that are by cell phone towers you know they're being bombarded with it yeah um, sometimes <laughs> the best thing to do is tell them to move um, there I don't know if, uh, right now there's not anything that will totally take care of everything. Yeah, so, right, because I mean, it's such a strong energy to deal with. Oh, yep. Yeah. So uh, what I do is I go in for places like that. There's a couple things that I do. I'll, I'll cure what I can. Um, we have another tool uh, that we've created. It's called an energy ring. It's 100% copper. It's based on cubits. So um, what I've done and what I have in my house, I've got... It's about a nine-inch diameter ring, and I put it over my modem. Um, or not the modem. Yeah, it's the Wi-Fi modem. The router, yeah. Yeah, the router. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name. So basically it creates a force field around whatever you put inside of it, and it doesn't um, let that energy come into the environment. So it really quiets things down. Hmm. Between the cures and energy rings, uh, I've been able to really reduce the impact so they're not um, getting high um, headaches, they're not getting all kinds of allergies from it, they feel better. Um, the other thing that a lot of people are doing, and I was experiencing this when I uh, first before I took the dousing class, I would sit at my computer and I could only be there for about 30 minutes. And it's like I would just get drained and I'd have to take a break. So one of the things I, I did was put a um, energy ring either between me and my computer or I put myself in the energy ring. So it's like, a again, it's a filter that either filters out things from coming in or if you put it around that that router, it doesn't allow that energy to go out into the space. So that's those have been very helpful uh, for people that are just really overloaded. So um, yeah, it's, it, that's been a very nice tool. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just before we go, uh, where can people find out more about you, and how do people get in touch? All right. Um, so I've got a website, mm -hmm. uh, netregolo.com. So it's Annette, 
A-N-N-E-T-T-E-R-U-G-O-L-O.com. And I've got, um, I actually just redid my website this year and I'm loving it. There is a free resource page on the website uh, that I would highly invite, uh, recommend people going to. So I invite you to check that out. And there's meditations, there's ebooks, there's articles, um, just to, to uh, give you an idea about the different things that I do. I did have a look at it. It is a very nice looking website, I have to say. Thank you. Yeah, I need to redo mine badly, but um, it's funny the time. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, mine was about uh, eight years old, so it was definitely time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Annette, thanks very much for talking to us. I really appreciate you taking the time and having me on. And um, I'm going to be checking more about your website. And thanks for the recommendations, too, by the way. Um, it's so good. And this is why I like talking to other dowsers. There's so much out there um, that's available. And just to know about some other authors, some other tools, uh, I really appreciate that. Sure. I will send you a couple of links on that. And uh, I will put a link to your website on the main podcast page so people can just uh, you know click through to it. Wonderful. And I will be sharing uh, this podcast and getting people checking out what you're doing in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> come and visit. Yeah. I'm starting some tours this summer, actually. So, uh, yeah, do come across. Yeah, I'd love to. I will be checking that out. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was just in England uh, for the uh, spring equinox in March. Oh, okay. So I do get over there about once a year. Um, so Scotland, I haven't gotten to Scotland yet, but that's on my, it's on my wish list for sure. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person at some point. Oh, thank you. Me too, Graham. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Well, my thanks to Annette for a very interesting discussion there. If you want to know more about diamond dowsing and Annette's other work, her website once again is AnnetteRugolo.com. I will put a link to this on the main podcast page, which is, of course, AdventuresInDowsing.com, so that you can click right through to it. And you can also leave comments on there for uh, this or any other podcast episode. Or why not check out the Dowsing Discussion Forum at BritishDowsing.net slash forum. There is a dedicated podcast section on that where you can leave your comments and there's lots of other interesting discussions to get involved in and uh, ask your dowsing questions. It's free to register and it's open to everybody, so do have a look. BritishDowsing.net slash forum. So that's going to do us for this episode. All that remains is for me to thank Wintergatten, who provided all the music for this episode, Ian Pegler for the news thing, and of course your good self for listening. I hope you can join me next time for more Adventures in Dowsing.